it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have episode 268. Today, Andrew and I are going to talk about some great resources that you can learn more about investing from reading. Yes, reading. Uh, We've talked in the past about books. Today, we thought we would talk about other investors that you could learn from. And I think this will be a great conversation. And we're not going to like dive deep into all these things, but maybe just give more of a brief overview and then give you some areas that you can go find these things and then you can dig in yourselves when you have time. So without any further ado, I'll turn it over to our friend Andrew and we can go ahead and get started. When I think of inspiring investors to follow, one of the first guys that always comes to mind is Peter Lynch. And if you've listened to us for a while, you'll know it's like, okay, that's the most broken record he could say. (laughs) But it's true because he's just got a gift for making things very relatable And if you like the idea of being very immersed in your investing, I think you'll like Peter Lynch because he kind of popularized this idea of just know what you own. Like he said, his wife came home from the mall one day or it was some mall or some store and told him about how the line was out the door. So he went to check it out. And I can't remember if he said he invested in it or not, but it was a great stock. Mm -hmm. And he had another story about how he was researching pantyhose companies so he ended up buying like a bunch of packs of pantyhose and distributing them around his office and telling people like tell me what you think of these so it's that kind of stuff that makes investing a lot of fun and if you find that kind of idea fun you'll find his books and i think he's written some articles too those would be very interesting to you. his name's peter lynch he used to be the fund manager at fidelity 
Yeah, he's great. And he also kind of brings a little bit of a sense of humor and a lightheartedness to it, too. So it's not just dry reading. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I guess the guy that I'll throw out is, you know, Captain Obvious, you know, big number numero uno would be the buff dog, Warren Buffett. His collection of letters, his speeches that he's given to different universities through the years are timeless and priceless. And you can learn more about investing literally just by reading through his investor letters and listening to his speeches, both at Berkshire Hathaway, as well as places like uh, Notre Dame. He gave a three-day series at Notre Dame that's on YouTube that is awesome. Just all kinds of great nuggets throughout there. And he tends to write in a way that has humor, but he also is a really good teacher and explains things really well and is very humble about things. He's the greatest investor of our generation and he makes mistakes and he owns up to them and it's awesome. And it's kind of refreshing to see somebody established that well-known with that much ability and talent and admitting that they make mistakes. It makes us mere mortals feel far more empowered to do what we're trying to do. And you can easily go to BerkshireHathaway.com and find all the letters there from his partnership back in 1957 all the way to today. So it can take a while, but I actually just read through 1957 to 1987 by reading 25 pages a day and it took me less than a month. So you can just by you know little pieces, you, you can get through it. It's amazing stuff. I can't recommend his papers more than anything. That's awesome. I didn't know you could do it in less than a month. That's mm-hmm. very achievable. Well, I'm going to throw back with another investor who has a lot of great speeches and that's Warren Buffett's partner, Charlie Munger. Mm-hmm. Munger has this really popular speech called The Psychology of Human Misjudgment. And it really talks about the different things that we all screw up as investors. And Mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of the investing stuff is really nice and it's really important. And you you can dive way too deep into the numbers like Dave (laughs) can tell you from firsthand experience that I do way too often. But we remember that investing is also a behavioral sport more than anything else. And he really talks about, like, I feel like that's one of his passions is behavioral psychology. And he talks in depth about it. And it's just really inspiring. And it's cool to see how you can take just passion for curiosity and passion for learning. And that's literally what Charlie Munger has lived his life as. And it can actually make you a really, really great investor. He's made very big, bold bets with his finances and he bet a lot of money on Costco and he bet a lot of money on Berkshire Hathaway. And those were some of the best ones you could bet on for a long period of time. So he knows what he's doing. He he knows the limitations of what he doesn't know. And he's just always curious. One of his quotes is when people would talk about or when people do talk about like, what he is like. They say he's a book with legs. And that's that basically encapsulates Charlie Munger. So he's very, very educated. And he has this great way of sharing that education with people. So you can, again, I mean, there's a great transcript from James Clear on that speech. And it looks like right below it, somebody from Shane Parrish's team also did a transcript. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could easily Google this stuff. Yeah, it, he's awesome. He's kind of like Warren is like the cuddly bear that, you know, the grandpa that you love. And then Charlie's more the crusty curmudgeon that, you know, can be a bit grouchy and a lot more direct than Warren is. And when you see them side by side at, at the Berkshire meetings, when I've watched them on the video, 
it's always entertaining. You know, Charlie, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> you know, just it's always just very direct and to the point. But his lattice work of mental models is brilliant stuff. And if you want to become a better investor, reading through that that speech alone will improve your investing as well as just your life because a lot of the things that he talks about can translate to, to regular life as well. Life outside of investing, I guess, is a better way of putting it. And yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. And that that speech in particular, I have actually listened to it numerous times on Spotify. So the, he actually, somebody put the recording on Spotify. And so I listen to it all the time. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right. So I think the one that I would like to move on to next would be Howard Marks. So Howard Marks, if you're not familiar with Howard Marks, is Howard Marks runs the Oak Tree Fund, and he specializes in distressed debt and other kinds of special situations. And he is a value investor through and through. And he has written these great memos over the years. And Warren Buffett has said many times that when he sees a memo from Howard Marks, that's the first thing he reads every day. And because Howard has, he just has a way of explaining things 
that make a lot of sense and are very logical, are very even keeled and very informational without being overly technical and overly boring. And he comes out with these memos. Sometimes it's quarterly. Sometimes it's a lot. It just kind of depends whatever mode hits him. But you can find a collection of them on the internet going back to the 90s. And I've read through them, and it's a fantastic resource. He's a smart, smart cookie. He always provides a good counterbalance. When things are going crazy, he's always like kind of the sane voice in the ocean of you know disruption. And I love listening to his speeches. I love listening to him talk. He's done a lot of great interviews on YouTube. I've watched those. Those are a lot of fun, too. So I highly recommend anything from Howard Marks. His books are great, as well as his uh, memos. I had happened to subscribe to get updated every time he posted the memo sometime in 2020 or something, maybe 2021. But that was very great time to subscribe to that. Because like you said, he tells you about all the craziness that's happening. And it's very reassuring to see somebody else going through that. And then also saying, yeah, I understand all of this is happening, this, this, and this. But here's what's really important. Mm -hmm. And he has just a great way of doing that. And two of my favorite things about Howard Marks is how he's talked about his background and going back to the history of the nifty 50s as it was back in the day, in the, I think in the 70s, and how he relates what happens today with what happened in the past, but then also what's different. And I also really enjoyed how he talked about how his son, who's like, takes a very different approach than he does to investing, how he's learned a lot from his son and how that's affected the way he thinks about investing. And I think that showed a lot of maturity and humility that he's able to learn even after having decades and decades of experience. So I would like to talk about an investor who has been on a podcast with Howard Marks several times. I don't know if he's the one with the podcast or if Howard Marks is, but it's Joel Greenblatt. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy who had a fund that returned something ridiculous like 47 yeah. 47% a year, like stupid, stupid returns. He ran the Gotham Fund and then he stopped doing that. And then he's kind of done a lot more teaching now and he has a couple of good books. But Dave actually forwarded this to me. It was his, I think it was like... It was those lecture notes from Columbia yeah. University. Yeah, thank you. It wasn't quite a transcript, but it was kind of mm. like a transcript. Right. And that one's really cool because you got to... What he did during his lectures was take examples of that time period one of them being this home builder called mvr and they i love the way he presented this business because he really tried to he didn't emotionally attach to the idea he just used it as a teaching opportunity to say mm-hmm. we're going to look at some pros we're going to look at some cons and then try to make a determination about the business and if you know the history of mvr it's been one of the best home builders in the last two decades from the way he was teaching that you could see how you could use those concepts to make a lot of money. So I feel like the if you can somehow, I don't know how you found it, Dave, but finding that... It was a PDF online. It was available online. I just Googled Joel Greenblatt's Columbia class notes and it popped up. A, I think Focused Compound are the guys that put it together. And it was it's freely available for anybody to download and read. And it's, it's about 300 some pages and it's well worth every page. It's awesome. Yeah. Joel Greenblatt is, he's awesome. He's again, one of those great investors that's really good at teaching. Like he's able to break down complicated concepts and explain them so that people like me can understand them. 
And it's, you know, he's just got that gift for it. And he also has a good sense of humor. There was a speaking of podcasts, that podcast that he did with, with Howard Marks during the pandemic was one of the best shows that I've seen because you were watching two of arguably the better investors ever talk about their struggles and the things that they were struggling with during the pandemic that we are all struggling with. Like, is this time really different? Is you know, the way that we were looking at companies, does that need to change? And they're asking those questions. I mean, I was thinking them. And then here are these two greats talking about the same thing that I'm struggling with. They didn't really come to any conclusions, but that wasn't what was important. What was important is that you got to see that they're struggling with the same things that we are and that they have the same frustrations and struggles. And as great as and smart as they are, that investing is hard and you have to work at it. And I love that. That was amazing. Yeah, Joe Greenblatt's amazing. His books are ridiculously good. Okay, so I guess the guy that I'm going to throw out is Terry Smith. Terry Smith is an investor from England. He runs Fundsmith, which is a fund based out of England. And Terry is a definite, he's definitely a acolyte of Warren Buffett, but he's kind of gone a little bit farther out on the rope along Philip Fisher. He's a little more growth than Warren Buffett would be. But he just, again, he has this great way of explaining things. It's very logical and common sense. And he's put together a fantastic portfolio that describes in depth in his letters. And he talks about the different metrics that he uses to track, how well the companies are doing and how poorly they're doing. And he takes full credit for things that don't do well. And again, it's refreshing to see somebody be honest about, yeah, I made this pick. This was my decision. And I was dumb. And he'll just, he'll talk about that. But he's also a great educator. He's very eloquent and he's very good at explaining concepts to people so that they can understand them. And he's, he's got a great track record too. I think he's returned 18 to 20% over the last 10, 15 years. So he's a great resource people to look for as well. The next investor I would like to talk about is a man called Thomas Gaynor. And he runs the investment portfolio for an insurance company called Merkel. And I like getting his perspective, especially because the way he runs his portfolio, I can really relate with where he takes the idea of the money of the insurance company very, very seriously. And he realizes that keeping that money safe and available for the people that are trusting in it is more important than chasing the highest returns. So he has a very balanced huge portfolio of like 100, maybe 125 stocks, something like that. And he just targets a small outperformance of the market. And he's got some great writing on stratosphere.io. And I've really enjoyed a few of the interviews he's done on YouTube. And he's just a very down-to-earth guy and very risk-averse. And it, to me, it shows a, a good contrast from a lot of the people you see who get famous because of course, people who get famous are those who take big risks. And sometimes the problem with that is we don't see the people who took big risks and failed. Thomas Gaynor is a good example of you don't have to take the big risks to become successful. And he very much ascribes to the Warren Buffett idea. I think he talks about Buffett as one of his main mentors from a investment philosophy standpoint. So definitely anything you can learn about Thomas Gaynor is well worth your time. Yeah, absolutely. He's awesome. He's awesome. All right. The the next one I would like to throw out there is Jeff Bezos. So Jeff Bezos' letters when he was at Amazon were some definite must-reads, especially his early letters. Like the first few that he put out were amazing 
they showcased how Amazon became the force that it, it became. You got to see the driving force behind the focus on the customer and why they were focusing on the customer. You also got to see the behind the scenes look at how some of the decisions were made to, to pursue different products and not, as well as an explanation on free cash flow and what how important he understood that to be for their business and really what helped drive the business. So between his intense focus on the customer and creating products and services that people would like and want and keep coming back for, as well as his just general personality of being very forceful was a huge driver, but also his idea behind free cash flow and how important that was to the business and using that money to reinvest and grow uh, was critical to Amazon's success. And they're reaping, they've been reaping the benefits of that idea for many, many years. And his letters are again, freely available. And those are an amazing resource. Yeah, they certainly were. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The next one I would throw out, which hopefully doesn't feel like talking my own shop, but it's a CEO for a company that I'm invested in, and that's the CEO of JP Morgan, and his name's Jamie Dimon. And he's he does shareholder letters every year for JP Morgan Chase. And uh man, they're just they're good. Like he's just a brilliant guy. I know him and Warren Buffett have talked about different things, and he just has I feel like a good perspective again on like the responsibilities of big corporations and he takes he sees the role of JP Morgan in the ecosystem and how much of a big part of the economy that they really are and to me it's an enlightening viewpoint of i feel like big capitalists and big banks sometimes get a really bad rap but if you start to unpeel the the onion a little bit and you see that some of the people at the top are actually you know, doing their best to help stimulate the economy. So you get a lot of that from the letters that Diamond does. And I think it's cool to see how he balances investing for growth, but while also staying conservative, having a fortress balance sheet and just really taking a, a balanced approach to to running that company. And I think it's it's refreshing and they're good letters. Yeah, they really are. I, I read somewhere that there are probably the second best to read behind Buffett's. 
Like oh, wow. you're gonna, yeah, that most people out there think that his letters are right up there with Buffett's as far as the quality and, and everything. So yeah, they're awesome. All right. I'm going to move on to my next one, which is I'm going to go a little more obscure. So I'm going to go with Mark Leonard, who is the wizard of Constellation Software. He's the CEO that runs the company. For those of you not familiar with Constellation Software, it's a serial acquirer based out of Canada, and they buy small software businesses. And they've been around since uh, around the late 1990s, but they've been public for the last 12, 15 years. And they've had 35% returns since they went public. And Mark Leonard is the leader of this company. And his letters are very educational. He talks a lot about free cash flow. He talks a lot about ROIC. He also talks a lot about company culture. And for example, they do not offer shares to any of the people that work for the company. So they don't dilute the company. If you look back at the shares outstanding for Constellation Software, it's exactly the same number as when they went public. So they don't offer any shares to employees. When a manager makes a bonus, they are required to pay 75% to buy Constellation Software stock on the open market as a reinvestment. Mark does not take a salary from the company and he hasn't for almost 10 years because he made his money before he started the company. And as a matter of fact, when he flies up until recently, he would fly coach because he didn't want to spend shareholders money and he would stay in budget hotels. But now he, now that he's older, he says he'll, he'll, he'll pay for the first class because he's older. But anyway, it's the, his letters are amazing. He's really, really smart guy and he's very, very reclusive. There's only two pictures known of him on the internet and he's only appeared in a couple of videos and he shows up to their annual meetings every once in a blue moon and so he's a very very reclusive guy he's probably one of the most reclusive billionaires you'll find on the internet you just if you look for information about him there's not much out there about him but his shareholder letters which he puts out annually every year are definitely worth a read well, that explains the all the fanboying. Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like Batman. Yeah, yeah. Well, he looks, and the funny thing is, he looks like Gandalf. He's super, super tall and has this really long white beard. And so he just, he just looks like a wizard. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll throw another name out there. I'll throw out Bill Ackman. He runs Pershing. I don't even know the name of it. I feel no, Pershing bad. Capital. Yeah, Pershing Capital. He's written some great stuff. I don't know if he's written anything lately, but. It's interesting to go back and read through some of the ways he thought about, I think it was like JC Penney's real estate, Target's real estate. And just, you know, you see some of the things that he's gotten wrong because when you look back over time, you can see how things have performed since he was in a company or not. And I, I just enjoy seeing that kind of track record play out and he's had some really really great stock picks and he's made a lot of money for a lot of people but he's also had his mistakes like kind of like you were saying and it's cool to see that a guy can be so smart and so convicted on an idea and still get it completely wrong and still do really well yeah i enjoy going you know taking the time machine and looking at some of those it's fun yeah it is i like his writing and i like him he can be a bit of a polarizing figure which is kind of i don't get but he rubs some people the wrong way but I do enjoy his reading and I've listened to several of his speeches and different talks and stuff he's given on YouTube. And I just find him an interesting guy and he's very, very smart. And I, I like him a lot. The last one I'm going to throw out there is going to be Nick Sleep. 
So this is, again, another one that definitely flies under the radar. He's gotten a lot more popularity and publicity as of recently, but prior to the last year or two, he was very, very relatively unknown. And Nick Sleep and his partner, Zach, ran a fund out of England for 14, 15 years, and they returned around 20-some percent. And they ran a very concentrated fund, and the top three holdings were Costco, Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon. And they've owned, they still own them today, even though they've stopped the fund and given money back to the to the other shareholders. They still hold those companies in their personal accounts. His Nick Sweep's shareholder letters are fantastic resource, and he's again one of those people that's very eloquent, and he explains things in a very easy, casual way that makes it easy to understand. And he has a lot of great principles that can really help you understand investing in companies like an Amazon or Berkshire or Costco that maybe other people maybe not have thought of. And so he comes at things from a little bit of a different slant. So kind of a fun fact, he did not grow up in finance per se. He actually wanted to be a gardener. That was his dream job was to be a gardener. And he got a job as a gardener after graduating from college and he ended up hating it. And so he ended up segueing into, uh, he read The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is a book kind of about Zen and whatnot. And he basically took that and translated it into becoming an investor. And he's a really, really smart guy. He's very eloquent. And he, again, he's kind of a reclusive guy. There's not a lot out there about him, not a lot of information about his personal life. He's There's not a lot of pictures. He doesn't give many interviews. And so he's just one of those people that is more reclusive. But because of his returns and because of the quality of his letters, he's gained a bit of notoriety over the last few years. He's definitely worth a, a read. William Green profiled him and, and Zach mm-hmm. in his book, Richer, yeah. Wiser, Happier. Yeah. That was a great chapter. It was one of the better ones in the book. There were there was lots of them in the book, but <laughs> that was a really I that kind of opened my eyes to him because frankly I wasn't that familiar with him before I read that chapter. Yeah, that was my favorite chapter, mm-hmm. bar none. I like the idea is just like you can do all this trading <laughs> and try to figure out where the best place for your capital is, or you can just delegate it to the best. CEOs and you know those have been at companies like Amazon and Costco yeah and Berkshire yeah and, uh, it's a great idea instead of struggling to find all these great ideas why don't you just give it to the people that know their businesses the best and are the best operators and let them do all the hard work all right well with that we will go ahead and wrap up our conversation for today 99.9% of all the letters that we were discussing today, you can find at stratosphere.io. If you go to the left-hand side of the page, at the bottom, there's a hedge fund letter section. And under there, they have a curated list of all the different resources that we're talking about. So you can find a collection of 5,000 pages, for example, of all of Warren Buffett's writings. So if you want to dive into Warren Buffett. There you go. So all the different people we talked about today are available there. So you you can check all that stuff out. If you're also looking for additional resources on things that they discover and discuss in these different letters, check out our website, einvestingforbeginners.com. At the top of the page, we have this huge search bar. And Andrew and I have both written about Nick Sleep and Zach, who run the the fund that we were talking about earlier, as well as lots of conversations about Warren Buffett and his investment ideas and philosophies. And those all can be great resources to help you learn more. And as a reference, as you're reading through Warren Buffett's letters, for example. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. 
Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.